As people return to work across the Bay Area, many are doing so in their cars. On this edition of Civic, we talk to a Caltrans spokesman about traffic patterns and a traffic reporter about what he has seen on the roads during the pandemic. I can tell you what I'm seeing every morning, and there are certain strangleholds on the freeways that have come back since the pandemic, but traffic is moving pretty well where there used to be a lot of slow traffic. So until I think a lot of these businesses that are allowing people to work from home until there's a mandate where they have to come back to work, I think that's when you're going to see the traffic patterns returning to pre-pandemic levels. I'm Mel Baker. This is Civic. San Francisco and the greater Bay Area are slowly recovering from the pandemic, but the way we work and how we get there has changed dramatically since March of 2020. Civic recently looked at how BART is slowly restoring service to the greater Bay Area. Muni is not expected to resume full service even into 2022. On this edition of Civic, we're looking at how people are getting around in their cars, how traffic patterns were impacted during the pandemic, and what that might mean for anyone behind the wheel in the coming months. Joining us is Mark Pape, a traffic reporter and producer with the Total Traffic and Weather Network, and Sean Nazari, Deputy Director of Traffic Operations for Caltrans Bay Area. So first, Mark, as someone who looks at the morning commute every day, can you describe what it looked like on March 2020 when everything went into lockdown and what you've seen in the way of traffic changes over the pandemic until today? Well, traffic pretty much came to a standstill. There was no traffic really to speak of on the freeways. But what that meant was that the cars that were out there had a lot more room to roam. And so when we did have accidents during the pandemic, they were pretty bad accidents, which would take up multiple lanes because of the high speeds that were involved in the accidents. Now, come around March of this year, uh, things started to change. We saw, we start seeing traffic pick up on quite a few of the commutes to work. Um, and then, of course, on June 15th, when the state opened up, we saw a lot more traffic out there on Bay Area freeways that built up. Sean, now Caltrans provided us with some great data on the roadways showing changes in traffic in different counties in May 2019, May 2020, and May of this year. Could you kind of give us an overview of those? There's two categories in miles traveled and in traffic delays. Let's kind of just take a general overview of the general Bay Area during those three distinct periods. Sure. Let me quickly mention that uh, our data is from our automated real-time traffic data collection and archival system knows, known as performance measurement system. PIMS uh, collects traffic data continuously from uh, detector stations, uh, and it's a 24 hours a day, 365 day a year uh, system. So we have fairly good data. Uh, we, we pretty much monitor two parameters. One is vehicle miles of travel, uh, which is a measure of travel overall, is the number of miles traveled on the freeways by all vehicles traveling. It represents how many vehicles are traveling on the freeway network. And we also have another measure, a VHD or vehicle hours of delay. That's again, a measure of congestion delay. 
Uh, freeway traffic is considered to be delayed when vehicles travel 60 miles per hour or less. So delays occur when traffic demands on a section of freeway exceed that section's capacity, which results in vehicles being unable to travel at 60 miles per hour. So uh, basically, our data indicates that uh, since we uh, since the start of the pandemic, uh, you know, we obviously, as was mentioned earlier, we uh, experienced a fairly significant uh, drop initially when the shelter in place went into effect on March 19, 2020. In terms of VMT, what we found was that the amount of travel um, you know, initially dropped quite a bit, you know, maybe 80%. But as we went uh, through the pandemic, it started building up, really started building up around, uh, I would say, December of 2020. And it started going up steadily to a point that the amount of travel that takes place on our freeways is pretty much about what we had before. But what's interesting is that the amount of delay, the vehicle hours of delay has uh, still dropped quite a bit by maybe 50% overall. So our, our data shows that the average Bay Area weekday vehicle miles traveled or VMT in May 2020 was 66.9 million, which was down 24% from 87.8 vehicle miles traveled in May 2019. And since May 2020, VMT has increased 29%, making current VMT just 1% less than the pre-COVID levels. So people are back in their cars, basically, pretty much. And is have you correlated any of that data with some of the public transit systems and uses there? Is there any, do you guys coordinate your data sets in any way like that? Well, we do in a way, uh, you know, as, as you're aware, the uh, Bay Area public transit still experiencing significant service reduction, significant uh, patronage. For example, uh, BART, you know, is down maybe 60, 70, 85 percent. Uh, SFMTA is down about 70 percent. AC Transit in Alameda Contra Costa County, 63 percent down. And Caltrain is 91% down. So it, it does indicate that there are still a lot of people traveling. They're probably the ones who used to uh, take transit, public transit, who traveled longer distances. That kind of explains why the VMT remains high. Uh, so I, I would say until, uh, you know, we have uh, public transit uh, usage restored, uh, we're going to continue uh, experiencing similar levels of uh, VMT and vehicle hours of delay. So, Mark, as somebody who's looking at, and we talk about, uh, you know, how they're correlating this data, as somebody who's done traffic reporting myself, you see road the road sensors show uh, slowdowns in traffic. They indicate as yellow lines, red lines, and black lines indicating nearly stopped traffic. You're watching and monitoring that throughout the morning commute, which is the busiest time of day. How have those, those patterns are it used to be pretty locked in. The Bay Bridge and a few other locations were just constant areas of congestion. Have some of those kind of shifted around? Is it is the morning commute now a little different than it was, say, in 2019 around this time? 
Sure. Well, the numbers are the numbers, Mel. So I can't argue the numbers, but I can tell you what I'm seeing every morning. And there are certain strangleholds on the freeways that have um, come back since the pandemic. But a lot of the freeways, traffic is moving pretty well where there used to be a lot of slow traffic. So until I think a lot of these businesses that are allowing people to work from home until there's a mandate where they have to come back to work, I think that's when you're going to see the traffic patterns returning to pre-pandemic levels. Now, I can get specific with you. Um, since uh, June 15th, taking a look at the freeways, and I, and I look at and watch the freeways every morning, there are about three or four areas that stand out. One is the commute from Tracy over to the Altamont Pass and into the Livermore Valley. That has been slow even during the pandemic as a lot of people travel in from the Central Valley to get uh, over into uh, the East Bay and other areas of the Bay Area. That has pretty much stayed the same. The hours that occur 5 to 9 a.m. as you make your way over that Altamont Pass, those have really not fluctuated. Even during the pandemic, it was slow in that stretch. One area is South 880. This is slow every single day. And I'm, we're talking about the morning commute here because that's the one I deal with. That is slow now from 238 all the way down into Fremont. And this is each and every day. Now, before the pandemic, that was slow from 238 all the way into Milpitas. So it is a little better, but it's still terrible through that ride every morning long. And two reasons. One, you have the new toll lane that opened up earlier this year. A lot of people don't use that toll lane, but what it does is reduce the lanes that people are using to one less lane. So instead of four lanes, you only have three lanes through Hayward and Union City. And there was a road configuring problem that they have at North Fremont Boulevard that's going to be out there for a little bit as they're working on some sort of a construction project there at the aqueduct. And this has really thrown a monkey wrench in the ride through that area. So cars are having to squeeze down through that construction area, the new lanes, and they have one less lane to use because of the toll lane. So South 880, that's, that's a grind every day. Bay Bridge, of course, that's getting pretty much back to normal before the pandemic. Metering lights came on around 5 a.m. Now we're seeing it a little later, 5.30, 6 a.m. Those metering lights are coming on. They're staying on till a little after nine, sometimes as late as 10 o'clock as a lot of people are headed into San Francisco to get to work. The city controller's office in San Francisco says that the uh, number of jobs in San Francisco is still down by about 100,000. So there's 100,000 less people going to work in San Francisco. Presumably some of those are not residents of the city. So a lot of those are office workers. So that could be impacting the traffic as well. I want to talk about that construction a little bit, Sean. So Caltrans was, the pandemic in a way gave you kind of a gift. You have such a juggling act of trying to do major construction work and you can't shut down the freeway. It's it's like doing open heart surgery. You have to do very careful work to uh, not block off a major artery for any length of time. You have to limit these this work to holidays or weekends and overnights. 
How were you able to take advantage of the fact that traffic was reduced to try to move ahead with some projects? And what projects were you able to, to take advantage of doing that? Uh, you, you're correct. You're correct, Mel. Uh, you know, early on, we realized that, you know, as bad as the pandemic has been uh, impacting our lives, there is the advantage of reduced uh, traffic on the freeways and uh, we could have longer work windows for our uh, workers and also our contractors. Uh, you know, as you know, we very closely evaluate our lane closures to ensure that we schedule the work that we have to do during the off-peak hours. Generally, the larger construction work takes place at nights and after hours. Some uh, maintenance, routine maintenance work may take place during the daytime. Uh, so we were able to actually uh, expand the work windows. That allowed us to uh, finish some projects earlier. It allowed us to also perform the work in a safer manner by closing additional lanes during uh, the work, we, we were able to provide a larger margin of safety for the public traffic and also our workers and our contractors out there. One good example of this work was in San Francisco uh, on US 101, where we had to replace a uh, bridge deck uh, at Alamany Circle. Uh, we were able to leverage the low traffic volumes back in April of 2020 to replace that 70-year-old bridge deck uh, that was serving 240,000 vehicles per day by revamping our construction staging plans and compressing the full highway closure schedule from 18 days to nine days. And we were able to complete the project uh, two months earlier than scheduled. And we continue doing a similar thing in areas that, you know, we are still uh, experiencing lower traffic volumes. So it's been a uh, blessing in that term that the pandemic has been. What other projects are you looking forward to doing over the next six months or so? And are you still, I guess now that traffic's coming back, you're going to have to go back to the normal pattern of doing these on holidays and uh, weekends and overnights. Yes. You know, as you know, we have many projects underway in Bay Area of different kinds. Every, uh, you know, week we have like 150 200 to 200 uh, planned lane closures. And uh, we, we do evaluate them very closely and we monitor the traffic uh, real time as well. So if you're able to allow a contractor to start work, uh, you know, an hour sooner than they're scheduled to do, we allow them to do that. And the same way, you know, for example, on, in San Mateo on uh, Highway 101, where we're uh, working with our partners to construct the new express lanes, uh, we've taken advantage of the uh, uh, expanded work hours. Uh, San Mateo has, uh, San Mateo County in general has uh, experienced a higher a reduction in traffic than our other counties in Bay Area. So that's been uh, another project that has benefited from uh, the reduced traffic volumes. I'm speaking with Mark Pape, a traffic reporter and producer with the Total Traffic Network, and Sean Naziri, Deputy District Director of Traffic Operations for Caltrans Bay Area. You're listening to Civic. Mark, let me get back to you. I, at the top of the show, you talked about uh, this Weird, these weird crashes that were occurring where people during the early days of the pandemic were just driving much faster and changing lanes. 
because they literally weren't constrained by the same uh, fact that traffic was moving so much more slowly uh, before the pandemic. It seems almost like a really unusual thing to watch. Those sorts of crashes were something you would usually only see in the overnight hours. Yeah, I mean, they were few and far between, but when they did happen, they would tie up multiple lanes. We'd have several overturns, uh, more than more than usual, sometimes two, three, four during a morning commute uh, with these overturn accidents because cars were just able to, you know, maneuver on the freeway um, at a higher rate of speed than they usually do instead of being stuck in that bumper to bumper traffic. Now, of course, now with more cars, there are, of course, more accidents, and we still have severe accidents as well. But, uh, yeah, early on, it was, uh, you know, dog-eat-dog out there. Now, uh, let's explain for the listeners what a traffic reporter and producer does, how you get this information. You know, Sean explained uh, the systems for the monitoring traffic and Maybe uh, maybe first I'll ask Sean to explain uh, how the, the road sensors and the various systems they use to monitor traffic. And then, Mark, you can explain how you use that information to give people real-time information. Well, basically, we have detection stations throughout most of our freeways. Uh, and these uh, detection stations uh, measure uh, the traffic volumes and speed of traffic as well. Every 30 seconds, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And this information can be compiled into graphic maps that show, uh, you know, graphically the speed by color, you know, red, yellow, black. And there are many different applications of it uh, that are out there available. For example, Caltrans has the quick map. Uh, it's available at quickmap.dot.ca.gov. There are other variations as well. So our travelers can use that information to see what's going on, plan their route accordingly. And, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, we, we monitor the data and the traffic volumes with the CHP, with the California Highway Patrol in our jointly operated transportation management center in Oakland. And from there, we combine the information that we have with the instant information that the CHP has under computer-aided dispatch system, where they get information from the motorists, from the field officers about the incidents. Then our operators at our transportation management center can uh, utilize our available cameras to verify the actual location of the uh, incident. Sometimes when the report comes in, it comes in at reporting the wrong location or maybe the wrong direction. Our operators can verify the scene conditions, share that information with the CHP so the responders, including medical, can get there faster. And the faster we get there, the faster we can uh, clear the road and, uh, you know, uh, restore traffic back to normal. And then, Mark, with Total Traffic uh, and Weather Network, you're one of several, but one of the largest uh, traffic service that takes that information and and uh, uses it and turns it kind of into easily understandable information for the public. Kind of, kind of explain how you do that. 
Yeah, we translate that information that we gather up from the, uh, as Sean said, the computer-aided dispatch, which we call the CAD. And we have all the CHP incidents come into the CAD. And then we look up each and every individual incident with the details. And then we put it in a very condensed form for the traffic reporters. It goes out on a screen and it's color-coded by way of severity so that they can uh, report the more important stuff first as they do their traffic reports. Now, we do the gathering, as Sean said, from the CAD, but we also have several um, other ways that we get our information, and we are very reliant on those road sensors now on the maps. Now, before, we used to have airborne reporters. They have gone the way of the dodo bird, Mel. They are not up there flying around anymore looking for our accidents. It's a big loss for Bay Area traffic and listeners, but those road sensors really do help out. They show where the slow traffic is. And as Sean mentioned, there's a lot of times that the incidents will come into the CAD and they will be in the wrong direction. But by looking at the road sensors and the maps, we can tell, hey, this accident isn't northbound. This accident's actually southbound. And we'll get that information right by looking at the maps. We also uh, field the telephone calls from people who are out on the roadways, and we also use Twitter. Twitter is a big way that we get a lot of our information out on uh, the incidents that are going on around the Bay Area, especially the city street stuff, the fires, that sort of thing. And the other thing is this can't be easily automated by uh, some system because a lot of this needs the human touch. That You talk about the CAD, and just the name computer-assisted device reminds you from what era this this structure was created. This is the this is the thing that shows up in the uh, dispatch center, but is also what is in each CHP cruiser, uh, and it is written in police code. So all of the uh, incidents have various numbers assigned. It's not something that a layperson can just glance at and figure out what that means, right, Mark? Yeah, you really do have to decipher it. It's uh, basically written in codes and abbreviations. And uh, sometimes there's, you know, 20, 25 lines of information that you have to sift through uh, just to figure out what's going on on the freeways. And again, our job as producers is to condense that information down into an easily readable format so that the reporters can get on there and just give you the basic information, what lanes are blocked, what's the backup. Uh, maybe a little tidbit of what's involved in the accident, that sort of thing. So, Mark, if you're somebody that's listening on a radio station to a traffic report, or if you're somebody that's using one of the apps uh, to get information, how is the best way for a driver to utilize that information to help them with their commute or their travel? Well, the biggest thing is to get the information out there as fast as possible, So that if there is a big traffic incident and you're listening to the radio or, like you said, your devices, because we do the GPS, a lot of the GPS systems, too, we supply that information, is so that you can avoid the areas that are going to be backed up for a while. And you'll find that uh, we will give you, you know, alternate means of transportation or uh, alternate means of getting around those incidents, which are big and that are blocking the freeways. So 
mainly, you know, keep it tuned uh, to the radio or uh, your GPS device, and we'll supply you with the information to help you get around the problems. So, Mel, Mel I can add on that, that what I recommend our uh, travelers do is to uh, visit one of the uh, available apps on the internet. You know, I mentioned Quick Map. Uh, mm-hmm. The Caltrans app, quick, it's available on the web and also on a cell phone. Uh, also, we have 511 uh, um, in Bay Area, 511.org. So if uh, drivers utilize those apps five minutes before they get in their car to see what's going on along the network, plan their route accordingly. And once you get in the car, listen into the uh, traffic reports and try to adjust your uh, planned route. And also we have the changeable message signs, electronic signs along the highway at key freeway to freeway junctions or state highway junctions where we try to uh, provide advance notice for motorists to uh, alter their plan if it's impacted by an incident or an unforeseen condition. Yeah, and Quick Maps is really useful. Uh, again, it's a government service, and it's really you, – you have various drop-down menus for how much you want to see on the map at any one time. It's really incredibly useful, say, if you're heading to Tahoe in the winter, you can tell whether there's roadways blocked. Uh, And this is curated by the people in the traffic management center, the actual dispatchers. So that's a, that's a really great resource. Wherever you are in the state, it has, it will show you everything in California. So not just in the Bay area. Sean, it's Caltrans. uh, What, what's, what's ahead in the next year or so in the way of big projects you're looking toward or in Areas of concern you're looking at as as far as uh, managing traffic over the next uh, few years. We have several major projects going on uh, in cooperation with our uh, transportation stakeholders in Bay Area, the county congestion management agencies. One of them, as I mentioned, is the uh, Highway 101 express lane project in San Mateo County. There are uh, additional similar projects in Santa Clara County that convert HOV lanes into express lanes. The one in San Mateo is brand new lanes. Uh, you know, we're adding uh, uh, some uh, 19 miles in each direction of um, express lanes that would significantly improve future traffic operations. There are also uh, express lane projects, conversion of HOV projects, of HOV lanes into express lanes that are coming up in Alameda and Contra Costa County as well. What, what, uh, does, that, what does that mean, converting an HOV lane into an express lane? Well, you know, as you know, we have a significant uh, HOV lane network in the Bay Area. And oftentimes, um, the HOV lanes, particularly during some hours of the day, are underutilized. You know, we set the uh, minimum occupancy based on, you know, corridor conditions. The majority of our HOV lanes in Bay Area require two passengers in each car. The only one we have that's HOV3 is on I-80 in Alameda and Contra Costa counties. Uh, So, Uh, By converting these high occupancy vehicle lanes into express lanes, which are 
uh, high occupancy uh, toll lanes, they become express lanes that allow solo drivers to utilize them when uh, the uh, traffic volumes in that lane is low enough. We try to operate these lanes at 45 miles per hour to uh, provide good reliability for the users, especially transit and the ride sharing folks. Uh, but when traffic volumes are low, especially during the shoulder uh, hours of the peak period, uh, we allow solo drivers in there. Uh, by paying a toll, they can take advantage of a more reliable uh, trip. At the same time, some revenue is generated that can help us close the gaps in the network, in the HOV network that we have. So, and it also by them moving out of the adjacent lanes into the express lane, it makes it a little better for the other drivers as well who are not using the express lane. So we have, um, you know, plans uh, in cooperation with our partners to convert the majority of our HOV lanes in Bay Area over time into express lanes. And the tolls, I should add, are set dynamically. So the heavier the congestion, the higher the toll. And, uh, you know, when the congestion uh, is reduced, the lower toll allows more people to utilize those lanes. Uh, so we try to keep the uh, uh, freeway network fully utilized by uh, having that uh, dynamic toll uh, scheme. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. I've been speaking with Mark Pape, a traffic reporter and producer with the Total Traffic and Weather Network, and Sean Noziri, Deputy Director of Traffic Operations for Caltrans Bay Area. I'm Mel Baker filling in for Laura Wenis. You've been listening to Civic. Before I let you go today... At the Public Press, which is Civic's parent organization, we've been working really hard during this pandemic to pursue angles we're not seeing much coverage of elsewhere, or to take a more systemic look at the issues that are surfacing in the headlines. The San Francisco Public Press is a nonprofit, and we're inspired by the public radio model. That's the idea that people who are able to support the work that we do so everyone can have access to it without paywalls or ads. If you think we're onto something, we'd very much appreciate if you could show your support. You can do that by going to sfpublicpress.org slash donate or by helping us get the word out about this show. Subscribe on whichever podcast platform you use or leave us a review. It really does help. So thank you. <laughs>